In this episode of Man vs. Marriage, buzzwords. This is an episode you don't want to miss. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. Man versus Marriage. Welcome back to another episode of Man versus Marriage. It is I, your humble servant, the Q Diggity Dog, with my lovely wife Jeannie in the Moran Family Studio. Honey, say what's up, Madava. How about we just say hi? Hi! How's everybody? <laughs> that was a little closer than I wanted to be hmm. at saying that word. Even if it was Dr. Ken style, but I really had to stop there because it could have got ugly. You want me to say it for you? No, I do not. Okay, so today, let's jump right into it. Now, listen, real quick before we get on into this. If you have been emailing man versus marriage um, and you haven't got a response from me, that's because something screwed up with our email. I'm trying to work through it with Google um, because that's where I was hosting my domain name. So... If you have not got a response from me, just email quincymoran at gmail.com. And until the issue is worked out with man versus marriage, the email will just work right there. quincymoran at gmail.com. Boom. We got that out of the way. Okay. So today we're talking about buzzwords. This was, I don't know if, would you say it was a lifesaver for our relationship or what when Coach Rita taught us this? I mean, it, to me... It was a big deal. Well, yeah, it, it was a life changer because it took things that generally escalated anxiety or frustration, and we immediately knew how to avoid it. And that makes a world of difference when you're trying to avoid conflict. It's one of those things that made such a major difference that seems so big, magnanimous, so huge. But then when I try to articulate it, it seems a whole lot more simple, yet it's very effective. Mm-hmm. And, you know, generally, like I was listening to today at the gym, Jocko Willink talked about leadership and how to just keep it simple. There's the KISS mentality, which is, for depending on who you are, keep it super simple or keep it simple stupid. But I think the more simple that something is, the easier it is to apply and add into your relationship. So buzzwords for us, uh, it was just game changer. Mm-hmm. And you may be asking, well, what are those buzzwords? You've probably heard us talk about it over and over again. It's one of the shows I'm more excited about. So I hope we do a great idea or I'm going to be pissed off. Um, there were conversations that Jeannie and I would have. And over and over and over again... We would get to, we would say one thing, and the conversation would begin to unravel at an alarming rate. And we would both stop listening. If any of this is not right, you tell me. We would stop listening. Uh, and then we would get to the point where we would start arguing. Or Gene would just be, you know, like, okay, fine, whatever. And I would be left thinking, what did I do? <laughs> what, what happened here? And one of the most... 
memorable things is, is, you know, examples that I give, which we give all the time. So you may be familiar with this, but I would call her at home. She had a house full of youngins and her day was planned. And I would say, okay, honey, here's one, two, three, four, five, six things that you, I need you to get done. Can you do this real quick? And it would cause a major catastrophe. It was just utter chaos for her and her day. And I couldn't figure it out, you know, because I'm a knucklehead from Alabama, or at least that's how I was made to feel when I came out to California. I think because you have a slow draw or a southern draw, you're automatically looked at over here in Yankeetown on the left coast as if you're an idiot because you have a southern draw. Thus, my erasing of my southern draw. Um, Stupid. Stupid is as stupid does. I like your southern draw. I do too. I just can't get it back. Yes, you can. Call your dad. I'll call my dad. It takes all of two seconds. The minute he starts talking, there it goes. It's back. Back in place. (laughs) So I would think to myself, I know this girl, you know, IQ-wise is smarter than me. She's a lot sharper than I am. She seems to have a whole lot more common sense. And I cannot understand why these things are bothering her so much and why they just don't seem to be getting done. It's something that needs to be done. It's things we've talked about. I'm remembering and then just like reminding her of that. And Coach Rita um, was talking with us in in one of our sessions and just kind of laid it out to say, dude, you have to know her personality type and how she is. It's not a matter of intelligence. It's a matter of how she's wired. And she is methodical. She'll plan her day out. It may be a few things, but whatever she plans, she gets done. She gets them done very effectively. And when you call, you're dropping an atom bomb on her plans. She functions well in certainty. Is that a good way to say it? Yeah. I mean, our our whole life is chaos, but it's chaos that I can predict. Majority of the time... I know which kid is going to need what, how they're going to respond to something, what I'm going to need to get done today. It's it's pretty much been that way since they were little. It's just kind of how I roll. And then you would call and say, hey, I need to do this, 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 and this. And my brain would go, I don't have an extra hour in my day. What the hell? How does this work? Yeah. And it would just ruin because now, you, you know, I'm, I'm, in a way, it's a selfish mindset because I'm thinking you're coming in and throwing something at me and I already have my day planned and how dare you. But at the same time, these are things that you need help with. So I should be a little bit more considerate to it. I just didn't realize it at the time. <laughs> well, at the same, in the same token, both of us could have been a little a bit more considerate. But I didn't realize that when I was calling you to add these things in, I mean, just thinking about it right now, you had, you know, five, six, seven, eight kids at one point, and for you to leave the house to do anything. It was a chore. I'd take them all with me. It was a circus. Just grocery shopping. Just just to give you an idea, okay? I would do grocery shopping by myself during the week while he's at work. I would take five children under the age of five put them in two baskets and push one basket while I pulled the other 
And the two that had the seats in the top, that's the basket that we put the majority of the stuff in. The other basket that has one, two in the top and one in the back, they got all the small stuff because they could stick it around their legs. A typical grocery shopping trip by myself with five kids was a five-hour day. Yeah. And that was just getting the groceries and getting them home. That didn't count coming home and unloading it, putting everything away, cooking dinner, and taking care of the five little munchkins who were all hungry and starving because mom just bought all these really cool snacks and they watched me buy them all. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> so everybody's sitting in the kitchen pacing the floor of when are we going to open the box, mom? When are we going to open the box? Yeah. So it, it was at the time, given the way my schedule ran, any little addition to my day just blew me out of the water big time. And the fact is, is that before we created this um, buzzword phrase in our relationship, these were actually like trigger words. Now, when I'm talking about trigger words, it's not like the current idea of trigger words that we have in today's society where like every word is... uh, is something that causes chaos. It's not um, like this e- extremely thin-skinned situation where every utterance can be determined as a microaggression against humanity. But these trigger words were basically miscommunications in our marriage in places that we had anchors that when we would hear these things, it would cause a deep level of frustration because we had, we were harboring resentments for some of these things that were going on. And we had to learn some things about ourselves at the same, mm-hmm. in the same token. Cause I, I, I mean, look, I started so many things. And, um, when my son was being born, I was a part of a theater production company and the show must go on. So he came to a play brand new out of the hospital. I still remember that night. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I it's, it's what I saw growing up, so it's what I did. My dad was always on the hustle trying to do something to provide for our family. I was out on the hustle trying to, trying to make one of these dreams work so that my family would be well taken care of. And I made my own mistakes. I made my share of mistakes, I should say. So anytime I've come up with a new idea, whether it was good or it was a harebrained idea, Jeannie would talk to me about the idea, and the common word was glitch. The glitch. The glitch. And I felt like I knew every time it was going to come out of her mouth, and it would just irritate the piss out of me. Because <laughs> I would come to her with this new great idea. When her mind, when she heard a great idea, it's, okay, how much more time are we going to have to sacrifice with you being gone in order to make this next great idea happen? And looking back on it, I really, I do understand. When I was home, I was home. When I was out coaching football or printing T-shirts or whatever I was doing, I was there and I was all in. And I was not around as much as I wanted to be 
nor as much as my family needed me to be. So when I would bring these things to her, it was the next big thing that was going to help our family. And we were struggling financially. We were struggling in our marriage. We were struggling with intimacy, all kinds of things. But the next big thing was going to be the thing that helped us. And her and she would begin to rattle off the glitch, and it would just it would just really piss me off. Um, and then there were times where we were frustrated with each other, or I was frustrated, like really upset. And she would ask me, "Are you okay?" And that was like a trigger phrase for me. Um, and I would not react very nicely about that. <laughs> no, you didn't. But it wasn't until. We got in front of Coach Rita, and we would talk through these things that we kind of realized that what we're trying to say authentically is to help our spouse, but we really didn't know how to put it, put our defenses down, and be able to receive that so that we could communicate better. And there were, like Jeannie would ask me, to hold her accountable for her diet or her exercise. <laughs> and whenever I did that, she would lash out at me because it was like a trigger word. It was a miscommunication. She was getting upset with me for using her words back to her, but it she would take it out on me. And it was tough. I mean, the other side of that, though, before we t- get into these buzzwords is when you when you find out when you find a phrase or a word or something that really triggers something in you now i i got i like analyze myself to say why does that make me so mad what's the what is the deal pickle you know oh i can tell you when it when when you would call me and tell me i need you to do this 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 and this before we came up with the term speed bump I I started spinning immediately because you just took my control away from me without asking me or giving me any forewarning, hey, this is happening, and, and I didn't have any control over it because it was expected of me. Now, that may not be what you meant by it, mm-hmm. but that's where my mind goes because for me, if I've got things planned out and I, I'm – in control of what's supposed to be happening today and then you say okay so i need to do this and i need to do this and i need to do this and this needs to get done too so if you could just put the kids in the car and take them with you and just go get this done real fast okay there is nothing real fast about loading up the kids and getting something done even now yeah but now when you call me or you text me and say hey usually it's a text that says i got a speed bump and then he says i'll give you a minute and he doesn't send anything else (laughs) Until I respond and say, okay, give it to me. All it does is reset my mind frame to say, okay, he's not taking the choice away from me. He's telling me there's something that's coming that I need to know about. And he's giving me the choice to say, okay, give it to me. Or And there have been times, you can ask him. He's had some times where he's texted me and said, I've got a speed bump. And I've sent him a message back and said, I can't. Yep. Not today. Yep. And he would say, okay, I'll handle it. And that... that but being able to have that ability to say, I, I'm maxed out today. I just, I can't take anything else. You're going to have to handle it. Or can you move it to a different time frame? It makes a world of difference. Because if I can't take it today and he's pushing it on me anyway, 
I'm going to blow up and then I'm going to break down and we're going to have a problem. And we, we both recognize this after years of going through it. Right, right. And it really helped to understanding how you're wired and you understanding how I'm wired and coming to the agreement, A, that we're not going to do something to hurt each other on purpose. So that's number one. That kind of has a little bit less of an impact on this conversation, but at least if you have that to fall back on, it'll help you when you're identifying what is going on. So Jeannie already talked about it, and that's that's one of the most impactful, um, one of the most impactful, if not the most impactful uh, buzzword that we came up with, which is speed bump. Now, I believe it's that, you know, disc personality, you know, you have that, uh, the C, the people who are wired with the C, high in the C category, mm-hmm. where things, they need things to be planned. They need things that are certain. They need a a well thought out plan in advance so that they know what to expect because uncertainty throws some people for a loop. Oh, it makes my anxiety go crazy. It, it Put it this way. Um, Just to give you an example, when we wanted to start taking the kids, we we used to do annual passes for knots, and then we had um, season tickets for AHL hockey. But the deal was, I went with my girlfriend first to Knott's Berry Farm, and we did an overnight stay, and we checked things out. We went on the rides. We had dinner, whatever. I had to know where the exits were. What do they have for handicap access? Where do I go to if I need something for her? Is there a pass that we use for the beginning of the line? Is there a way that we, because Kiki doesn't have the patience to be in line for two hours. Like I had to know, okay, do these places offer gluten-free options? What food is available to our kids before I would even consider buying the pass? The same thing with the AHL. Quincy and I went to a couple of games and every game we went to, we go early because I have to get there early and not get through the crowd but that and that's just me now trying to do that with Kiki if I don't know exactly where we're going to get her from point A to point B and try to diffuse as much of the anxiety and um, possible triggers for her it makes me a freaking wreck and then that makes Quincy's job twice as hard because as we've all figured out I have to feel safe so Quincy's job is to protect me and guard me and watch Hunter and Jeannie's job is to keep Kiki and get everybody else just kind of follows in line. Well, if Kiki's off and then I'm off, Quincy's in trouble because <laughs> now he's got a man all three crazies in one shot and it's not easy. But that's that's how I had to do things. I had to know what to expect so I knew how to diffuse it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and knowing that the way that you're wired. Now, I don't know if that was built out of, uh, I don't know if that was built out of a fear of not having control or that's just simply how you're wired it's how you spec'd out on the disc analysis but knowing that it made complete sense to me that I was destroying your day anytime I would call to me they were little simple things but I operate well if you just throw a few things you know here and there or if you got four or five things I operate well in uncertainty I'm cool that's just the way that I'm wired um, but I have, I'm a high eye personality, so I'm a go with the flow kind of person. I can deal with that. I'm, that's okay to me. So I figured because you're smarter than I am, 
We've never taken an IQ test. I just look at you and go, wow, you you really read that situation right or, you know, you just seem... It's so, those love goggles you're wearing, but it's all good. You just seem smarter than me. <laughs> that was my point of view. You're you're sharp, okay? I'm I'm a dunce <laughs> on a lot of things. <laughs> I'm oblivious on a lot you're of things. You're just trusting. You're extremely trusting. I'm that as well. But I would look at her and go, this chick is a lot smarter than me. You know, I'm just a knucklehead. Ha, you're a knucklehead. <laughs> um, how come this crap isn't happening? And it just all, it came, it just made perfect sense to me. It all like played out like the last part of a movie when Coach Rita was saying, dude, this is how she's wired. It's nothing she's doing on purpose. Appreciate the way she's wired because these are the great things that come from it. And understand that if you use this phrase, speed bump, it gives her a chance to prepare mentally. Now, maybe it's, it's a big speed bump. It is honestly like flipping a switch. Yeah. The minute you say, okay, I have a speed bump coming, it, it's like flipping a switch mentally to go, okay, I just I need to change gears for a minute, and I can. Without it, it's like you're attacking me. I can't even explain it. It's like you're physically attacking me for some reason, and it pisses me off. And so it's been game changer for us just using the phrase speed bump. She can even say it to me. And it's it's like, okay, I understand. You are going through something or you need to tell me something that's not, you know, it's not something we planned on. And then, you know, with me being Mr. Idea Man, I need to, I can see 10 years in the future. You know, the, the best way I could talk about it is we're buying puzzles and Jeannie's like, oh, we're going to buy these puzzles. We do the puzzle swap. We're all out of puzzles. And it's like, I start calculating how much money have we spent on puzzles? And I think, wow, as much as we love puzzles, I got it. Let's buy a puzzle maker. And then we'll start making puzzles and we'll sell them. So no. other people are paying for our puzzles. No. And, uh, you know, that's just the way my mind works. So I have to, I have to, in order to keep my sanity, sometimes just I get this idea. And, and Jeannie was so resistant to talking about these new ideas for me. And Coach Rita was like, look, he needs to allow that level of creativity to expand in his mind as an exercise. He's got to go to those places. And I said, look, all I need is for you to take the trip with me. You know, it's, it's like blasting off into the sky and you're parachuting down. The closer I get to the ground, the more reality sets in to say, okay, this was a great idea. What's the reality of what I can actually do? She couldn't go there with me because all she would hear is, I think, and I, if I'm speaking out of turn here, all she would hear is, great, you're going to be gone more. Yep. And so what Coach Rita says, is that she's like, look, you're not going to die. Go to the clouds with him. And she just picked the word clouds out because I said, you know, I need to blast off to the sky. She's like, go to the clouds with Quincy. And then come down. And anytime we would start talking about something, it would be like, I need you to go to the clouds with me. She was able to prepare her mind. I was actually able to prepare myself, not to say that this is something I need to run off and do, because I would run off and do and crap. And that's honestly where we struggled with this one, because when we started talking about buying a new house. The roles reversed. Oh, yeah. I did not know that Quincy was going to the clouds. Wait a minute. 
And I went to the clouds with him, but I never came back. I went into go mode of, oh, we're doing this. Okay, we're doing this. And I got so hooked on the idea that when we figured out that this wasn't the time to get a house and this wasn't feasible for us, I was crushed because I had found the house. Well, <laughs> you know, I got to push back on that because I remember specifically saying, let's go look and let's go to the clouds. And so you went to the clouds. You stayed on the plane. Yeah, I did. You never. I stayed on the plane because I thought it was feasible, but it wasn't. At that time, it wasn't. It, at that time, it wasn't. So when it came time for us to actually buy this house, I was so resistant in the beginning of even looking at houses. Like, you know, I'll just pack the house and you go find us something. That's pretty much how I had taken it until we got to the point of I could physically see, okay, this is what we can afford in mortgage. This is what we have. So it, it's kind of like if he goes to the clouds, it's fine. When he gets down to reality, if he can show me in reality this is doable, I don't have the pushback as much. I'm still hesitant because anything that takes time away is still hard for me to handle. But if he can work it through and say, okay, this is how this works, and I can physically see this is going to work in this particular model, then I can let down my resistance and say, okay, okay, we can move forward with this. But I have to be able to see it. And when we're in the clouds, we, we both go because I've gone a few times lately. And it's like, okay, I need you to talk me down because I'm having a heck of a time up here. I won't yeah. come back. But it, it just helps us to know we both have dreams. I don't ever want to not let you have a dream. I just needed to know that you were going to come back from that dream and you weren't going to leave us in the dust while you went to chase it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's totally fair. And that has been another... I would say that's probably number two on the list. I have it written down as the second one. I didn't really have them in particular order. Mm -hmm. That was number two, uh, you know, as far as Game Changer goes. And it's actually helped you to be able to explore some of those exciting places in your mind or just to go through the exercise. I don't know if it's a dopamine hit for me. I don't know what it is. But I love to think big. And I can get caught in, you know, because I'm an idealist, an idealistic kind of person or a futuristic person, I can take a faster trip to the ground because I'll look 10 years in advance and say, oh, I don't really like where that's at. Down, 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 down. <laughs> We're going down. <laughs> but um, and you've talked me off the ledge sometimes as well. So that is this. Is, these buzzwords are what you you can really create them, but you have to know how your partner is wired so you can understand how to use them effectively. This honestly was an exercise we had to have a third party involved yeah. in because we didn't necessarily understand how we were both wired and we didn't, it just wasn't common sense to us. It just was not making sense in any way for us. And having Rita be able to say, okay, Jeannie thinks this way and you think this way. And you're trying to make her think your way, and she's trying to get you to understand her way. And this is just not—you're both screwing this up big time. Exactly. That's I mean, a great even, point. Even in using the glitch, I no longer tell them there's a glitch. Rita taught me, instead of stopping it and squashing it, ask questions. Okay, you want to own a t-shirt company. How do you see this playing out? with your time how where where does the time fit in for you to print shirts where does the time fit in for you to design the shirts how much time does it take you to make a design and it wasn't 
taking shots at him. It was simply tossing things out for him to really consider, dude, it could take me up to five hours to make one shirt design on the computer. On your day off on a Saturday when you're supposed to be spending five hours with your kids. And it was those type of things where could he do it? Yeah, he could probably manage it if he still wanted to do it. But is it something that he can see himself putting his time into now? Or is it something that we could say, you know what? The kids are getting ready to graduate. They're going to be moving off on their own. This is something we could revisit at that time Mm -hmm. when you have a little more freedom to do a little more of these things. It doesn't mean no. It just means no for now. And that was the biggest thing that we had to come up with is a lot of these things for us, including me, it's just no for now. Yeah, it's not. And that's where I came up with the terminology. It's like it's not. It's not no forever, it's no for right now, and we can go back to it. And, you know, it. whatever this is centered around for you, wherever you're having those hang-ups um, in your relationship, and the third party does help. I mean, you can, you can bounce those things off of Jeannie and I, uh, QuincyMoran at gmail.com. You can bounce those off of us. I mean, it's we can do that. We, we can jump in, listen to what you and your wife have to say, make some suggestions because it, it's an, it comes down to another thing that I, that I have uh, I've determined that sometimes when you're standing in the frame, it's too hard to see the picture. You have yeah. to step outside of it. And a lot of times it is a third neutral party that doesn't have any skin in the game that can just listen to what you have to say and then help you find a way forward, which is helpful. So the third one on the list is Rain Check. And Rain Check was definitely game changer for our <laughs> sex life. Yeah, it was. Because at the time that this was determined, I don't even know how we came about coming up with this. Was this was that in the marriage conference, the Rain Check concept? Mm-hmm. So uh, Jeannie and I both... Just love having sex with each other. Lucky me, score, life is good. But there was a time in our life where autism did not want to allow our intimacy to grow and our sex life to progress. And why I say that is, you know, Kirsten just would not sleep. Hunter, you know, he... He's tough to handle sometimes, but at least when he goes and lays down, he'll go to sleep. And for the most part, if he's got to go to the restroom, he'll go, go back to his room. For Kirsten, she's much more severe when it comes to autism. And getting her to sleep was a chore. Keeping her asleep was a chore. Yeah, she can't use the bathroom by herself. She can't take care of a majority of her needs for herself. So she's a very hands-on you couldn't. We couldn't trust her to get up because she didn't have a door on her room um, in the previous house. We couldn't leave a door on the room. Because she was tearing the door Because she was off. tearing the door off. And then she would wander at night through the house. And if she got into the kitchen, we would find all kinds of interesting things when we woke up the next day, including a sick child. Because um, she has food allergies and things of that nature. But she doesn't think about it. She just goes yeah if she wants to cook like mommy then she'll put a pan on the stove and just dump a whole thing of flour on top of the stove and she's a toe walker and she's not stable on her feet unless she's you know got her braces on and things so there was a lot of components to us having to be with her all the time until she was asleep and then once she was asleep we had to barricade the door so that she couldn't get out until one of us came to get her 
Um, so yeah, it, at least we would hear something. Oh, you'd always hear something. Usually a crash or a scream or a mommy. <laughs> so, you know, Jeannie and I, we would say some flirtatious things or, you know, that day we would text some flirtatious things and get our appetite for the sexual encounter moving. And then autism would strike. And I would be laying there saying, okay, I'm going to wait. I'm going to stay up. I'm going to wait. We're supposed to do our thing. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. And then she would come to bed exhausted, turn over and go to sleep. And I'd be laying there going, WT lowercase f. We're supposed to get together tonight. What happened? I'm laying here waiting on you. I wouldn't say anything. I would just be so bitter. And what helped us, first of all, I would, I would, I finally came out and said, because I had to get over myself, I just don't appreciate that you don't even acknowledge that I'm there and that we had something that we were supposed to do. It's like I'm mad at myself for being upset that, you know, I'm upset. But we were supposed to have sex. We were supposed to connect tonight. Now, do I understand that you're exhausted because you're waiting and you're up late, you're battling the grizzly? Yes. But could you just acknowledge, hey, I remember we're supposed to have sex. I, I guess that made me feel like I, w you know, that it mattered. And then say, let's try again tomorrow. And when we came up with this phraseology of rain check, it was like, I, I expect this is going to be the situation. I don't know why I didn't, you know, go to her and say, look, honey, I know it's getting late. I'm just going to go in there and lay down. I don't know why I acted that way. It was crappy. It was... Because we like sex and we weren't getting any. It was adolescent, <laughs> though. I, I could see... I was annoying myself at the time. But when we came up with this, now it is... If something comes up, it's like, honey, I need a rain check. Okay, but this, just so you understand, this is not one of those things where you use it like, oh, I have a headache, and you just brush off sex forever. That's not yeah. how this yeah. works. This, is, this was determined... Based on, you know, extremely emotional days, lack of sleep. He's got to be up super early the next morning because he's got to drive somewhere. And, and that's a priority to me is to make sure he has enough rest before he drives somewhere. Yeah. There, those were the things that we use rain check for. Correct. You know, it's never just a, ugh, I don't feel like it, so no. That's never an okay for either one of us. That's a conversation that has to take place. If we're If we just don't want it. There's a reason we don't just want it and we need to have that conversation. We don't just throw it out and go, eh, rain check, I'm, I'm not touching you. That that doesn't work. Yeah, it's um, like sacred talk. Yeah, it, you can't abuse it. Right. And then, so that that's really helped us. And there's been a couple times, believe this or not, dude, there's been a couple times where I've been so exhausted or just stressed out. It's weird because th sometimes there's, I'm so stressed out I need sex. And then there's sometimes where it's like, I'm so stressed out mentally burnt that I can't even do it. Well, there's a difference. There's a huge difference because in one instance, you can get an erection and in the other instance, you can't. And that it's just the way the mind works and it controls the body. But we've learned, I've learned to notice which one is which. Um, I can kind of tell. It's like I can't even get in the mood. 
because well, I'm it, so it depends burnt on, out. Yeah, but it depends on what's stressing you out. If you're stressed and you're angry and you're frustrated and it's just that you just need something to make you feel like you're okay because everything else is just going to shit. You need me. Sorry, Ashley. E for <laughs> you know, I'm that grounding. I, I'm that solidification. So if you and I do our thing and we come together and we're okay, whatever it was that irritated you the next day, it's like, eh, okay, whatever. I'll just deal with it. Yeah. But if it's something that has mentally and emotionally beaten you down to a point where even my giving you your affirmation and what you need is not enough, that's something that you're dealing with inside yourself because you're usually that's where you're at the point of why does this affect me so bad because you're pissed that it affects you so bad and you're analyzing the hell out of it trying to figure out yeah you know how do i overcome this i'm not needed for that situation i'm i'm just there to listen at that point i'm not there as a physical point of contact to resolidify you now i'm i don't i don't change my role and I, I, I mean, it's still there if you need it. It's always there if you need it. But it's just more of, I understand the difference. I, I know when you need me and I know when you need to just figure it out. Because once you figure it out, you come back and you need me again anyway. So I well, mean, it, never... all, it all comes back around to we're going to get laid. But <laughs> it just might not be today. It might be tomorrow because today you need to kind of stew over it and figure it out. I'm okay. I mean, I'm going to get it anyway, so it's all good. Well, Best I can recollect, that's the first time we've used the word erection on the podcast, so boom. No, I don't think so. We've talked about sex before. We have, but I don't know about that word. I think we've word. called the hard on before, though. Hard on! Eh. A boner! Um, that reminds me of Grumpy Old Man. No, no, that movie the other night. Please don't, because now I've got Boner Garage in my head. And yeah, not a, that oh. is terrible. Um, with that being said, you know, I guess I said all that to say there have been the rare occasions where I've had to use the rain check. Um as well, but it really helped us out in our sexual communication. But there is actually definitely a rule to that where, okay, we're going to rain check to when. Yeah. It's not, okay, I'm going to rain check and you're going to expect it tomorrow because if we already know that tomorrow is packed and we're going to be going somewhere with the family, we're going to be getting home late, we're both going to be tired, there's no point in assuming Rain check means you're going to get it tomorrow. It's a definite. If we rain check, we discuss when. Mm -hmm. And I know some people don't like to say you plan your sex life, but dude, sometimes you have to plan your sex life. Autism yeah. doesn't allow us to not plan. I know there's been the rare, rare occasion where we've had to double rain check, but eventually we come back together and then we come together. Oh, I just did that. Boo. Yeah. Um, so the next one, you. moving on. The next one is Say It Ugly. Now, that one's very recent. You know, I'd say within the last, the last year. Yeah. Um, but that's a buzzword that has really helped because when you have something to say that is so uncomfortable, and it doesn't say, it doesn't feel manly for me to say that. Um, but when you have something to say that's so uncomfortable that you're going to make yourself vulnerable or you're really upset, but you do not want to attack your spouse, it's like, I need to say something ugly. Gives you the mulligan, kind of disarms the person who's listening, and allows you the freedom to say what you need to say in a respectful manner. 
allow that other person to say, okay, here's what I just heard you say, and you to clarify, yeah, that's it, or no, it's not it. But because you say it wrong, it's not being held against you in the court of marriage law. And that, I think that's been something that's opened up freedom for us. Yeah, we use say it ugly and we use free pass, and we don't just use it with each other. We use it with the kids too because there are times when it's difficult to say or to vent what needs to be vented and not feel like I'm going to say something that's going to hurt your feelings or I'm going to say something I'm going to get in trouble for. We we use both even with the kids. It's like, okay, you know what? Say it ugly. I'll give you a pass. Say it however you need to say it, whatever language you need to use. Let it all fly. And when you're done, we'll discuss it. That makes a world of difference with us and with the kids because I'm not holding you accountable if you say something that – it might still sting. I'm not going to say it doesn't. It might still sting. But I understand that that's not how you're trying to convey it. Mm-hmm. It's just the only words that you have at the moment. Just sometimes you can't find the words to say something and you know it's going to hurt. But it's like I I got to tell you though because if I don't, it's just going to get worse. So it, it – it, for me, it's more allowing that that freedom to say whatever, whenever, however, and not have anybody throw any darts at me for it. Yeah, and I and you know what's really cool is one of my proteges the other day was talking and she was talking to someone else and she said, "It's okay, say it ugly, and we'll figure it out." Yeah, and I was like. Yay. Listen to that. I said, you use a, you use a what I taught you, use my words. So we gave each other a high five, and uh, it was cool. Because I think it's something that's so simple, but can be so effective at the same time. Well, and you avoid triggers at that point. If, if you warn somebody ahead of time, you know, I don't know how to say this. I'm just going to say it ugly, and hopefully, you know, we can we can get through it. It automatically diffuses anything that you might say that might be a trigger. Yeah, any defensiveness has kind of melted away. You listen to it differently when you know that the person who's saying it is honestly struggling to say it Mm -hmm. because they don't want to hurt you. They don't want to offend you. Very fair. That's And that's why the second side of that is, you know, say it ugly and then we'll clean it up. That That is there for specifically what you're saying, which is I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to offend you but I cannot figure out how to say this right, and I am struggling. But the clean it up part is, okay, so what I'm hearing you say is. Yeah. And if I'm not hearing this correctly, then let's let's try this again. But you're giving the opportunity to speak freely. Mm-hmm. And that's so rare <laughs> in, in so many things now that I think it just, it helps with more than just marriage. I agree. I agree, and every that's something you've got to develop within your relationship, but it's something that's definitely a buzzword or a phrase in this case that has been very helpful for us. It's especially useful when you're coming across something that you know has been a, a problem or a sore or you know a hard point for your spouse. And maybe it's something that they pick on themselves about. Maybe it's something that other people have, have said and it's hurt them, and now you're coming to a place where you need to address it it's very, very helpful because otherwise you could actually make the person feel a lot smaller and, and mm-hmm. take a chance on... In your response, yeah. Because that it's one thing to take something from other people. I can take stuff from other people. And yeah, it will affect me, 
but it will roll off me a hell of a lot faster than if it came from you. So giving me that, I need to say this ugly, prepare yourself because this is not going to be a good conversation. I know that you're not intently trying to hurt me. You know, you're, you're not intent on trying to hurt me or purposely saying, you know what, I agree with this person and, you know, going off on your little tangent. You're letting me know this, this is actually an issue. They might not have said it the right way or gone at it the right way, but this is something that you need to be aware of. And then you, you usually help process through it. Yeah, I agree. Just to run through the last few here, you know, we've talked about sex a lot on this podcast and saying, I need you tonight. Now, Jeannie's version of that was if she's needed, good. If she's wanted, it's like a service. In my opinion, if you say you want me, there's no better thing to say. In... Oh, I don't have a problem with you wanting me now. I know. That... Back then, it was, it was, we'll get into it later on in another show, I'm sure. But it's one of those things of um, what were you taught? What, what, what did you learn? What were you taught? What did you see? And that was something that I was taught was sex was a service. Yeah. If a, if a man wants you, he only wants you for one thing. And that's, unfortunately, that seems to be the common. And I still, I'm not going to lie to you. I still tell my girls, teenage boys, it's all that's on their mind is that in sports. So we'll just leave it at that. But the, the intent and purpose of it back then is it created a stigma and I couldn't get rid of it. Yeah. But knowing the difference between you wanted sex, which meant you just wanted me to lay there and take it, versus you needed sex, which means you need me to give you something. I'm I'm all in that. That's that's a very different um, aspect to it for me. Yeah, and I'm still on the other side, although I understand where you're coming from. I guess it's because I want to be wanted more than I want to be needed. And that, I don't know why that matters to me, I think it's because of the um, stigma you've had with your weight. People always need the nice guy. They always need the sweet guy. They always need the guy who's willing to help and bend over backwards and, you know, make everybody laugh and have a good time. Everybody always needs him. But he's never really the wanted guy. Well, maybe that's it. It's you're, you're not as wanted as, you know, the guy with the chiseled chest or whatever when you were in school or however you want to put it. I'm the opposite. I was wanted for my physical appearance, but nobody ever needed me beyond that. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I could see where, you know, visually hot mama. So I that that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, so thanks for clarifying that. Just my opinion. And then we use the phrase 10 minutes, which is <laughs> This is not, this is another, this is like several sex things, you know, back to back. Hey, when you have children and you have limited time, you have to get creative. If one of us is, I mean, if it's, if it's, um, you know, sometimes you just need a quickie to get it on. That just needs to happen. And we both find ourselves in that way. Now there's other times where it's, you know, slow, sensual buildup. And then, you know, then it leads to really good sex which happens at home, but more for us, it happens when we're away because mm -hmm. we can really take our time and do whole, you know, all kinds of great stuff. But, and then there's times where, you know, I come home and Jeannie's like, I need 10 minutes. And of course I'm like, yeah, baby. But if things go crazy, we still might, you know, 
lean back on the on the rain check. But if one of us is saying we need 10 minutes, that lets the other one know that we that we really need or want, you know, sexy time. And it doesn't have to be anything spectacular. You know, maybe for Jeannie, it's just I need an orgasm so I can sleep better <laughs> <laughs> tonight or, you know, working some stress out of her. But, you know, that that's been something that's helped us out a lot. We know it's going to be a quickie. It's not necessarily emotionally connecting, but it's really just getting that itch scratched for whatever reason. So we know what 10 minutes is. How can I help? What does that look like? Those are other buzzwords and phrases that we've used to really find a deeper connection, better communication um, in our marriage. And buzzwords have really been probably one of the most thing, most instrumental pieces that we've brought together. And I am certain it can help you. And I, if you got some buzzwords in your relationship, people are so much further ahead these days than we were because information is so readily available. You know, here I am thinking this is groundbreaking and people 15 are learning about this now where, you know, we were in our 30s learning about it. So, you know, as information is more readily available, it just gets out there faster. I was listening to a podcast with somebody in their mid-20s. They're saying the exact same thing we're saying. We didn't know this at that time because this wasn't popular like it was when we were in our 20s. And in our 20s, we were just trying to freaking survive triplets, twins, blah, blah, blah. Well, marriage counseling 20 years ago, 30 years ago, is very, very different than what you and I went through. Because if somebody would have told you and I what they told my parents, hell no. This would not be happening. Just depends <laughs> on who you go to. But, you know, I... I, I'm, I'm, I love head of the household. I understand it. I'm, I agree with it to an extent. Yeah. But, yeah, no. No. Yeah. I, you know, when you, and sometimes when you involve religious counselors, which Rita was our pastor, but she was well, she definitely. She never shoved God into the conversation when it came to marriage. Yeah. It was about you and me and us, not about what God believed or what the Bible says or any of that. Um, not that it's wrong, but for me personally, the minute you toss in the Bible says or trigger. God says. That was a trigger word for Jeannie. Those are triggers or the Christian thing to do or as a Christian, I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm done. Conversation's over. I have shut off my ears. We are not having this. Not because I don't believe in Christianity, not because I don't believe in God, simply because you are living, in my opinion, underneath a standard that is not attainable. It is too freaking perfect to reach. And I don't believe that I'm any less human than he was when he walked. So, well, anyway, I think, I think also, I think also that, uh, some of those folks from church, God love them. I know he does, but they kind of burnt you because they really used those scriptures in a very dogmatic way to make you feel less than you were. Yeah, and I, I, is, I don't like the fear aspect. I don't like the aspect of no matter what you do, you're never going to be good enough. Because I hate to tell y'all, but we already live in that mindset growing up. Mm -hmm. Because there's enough people in the world telling us that. I really don't need to think that the one place that I go to to be accepted doesn't think I'm good enough. That yeah. doesn't that doesn't really help. Kind of counterproductive to the whole mission there. I know there's there's plenty of scripture 
in the Bible, now that we've jumped on this, you know, religion aspect that you can use to really construct a very successful marriage. I know that because I've done that. You know, one one thing I could point at, not trying to convert anybody to Christianity, just saying, you know, husbands love your wife as Christ loved the church in so much as he gave his life for her. And I take that seriously. And I use that as a part of my personal philosophy because I, w- I would lay down my life and have given my life um, to Jeannie and loved her in that way. And I, and I work hard to love her in that way as best I can. I'm not perfect at it, but it has helped me because, you know, I believe she's a gift for me and I've given her my heart and I'm all in. So, I mean, there's some very healthy, good aspects, you know, that the Bible does give for um, a marriage and a relationship. But there are people who can use scriptures dogmatically and justify their desire for control over other people that is not healthy. Yeah. And that is where those lines get crossed up. So, I mean, we, our marriage counseling came through the church. Our seminars have come through the church. The things that we've learned have come through the church. The difference is no one ever threw God at us. It was never, thus saith the Lord. It was never, um, you know, well, the scripture says it, it was never like that. It was brought in a perspective of your husband and your wife. Mm-hmm. And these are the things that we're discussing as people. Christian, non-Christian, faith, no faith, didn't matter. It was about the people, and that's that's the huge difference. Now, I can look at the stuff that we've learned, and I can look at the books that we have and the, the um, questionnaires and things that we filled out while we were there, and I can see where the Scripture is in it, Yeah, but it's not written or discussed that way, and that makes a world of difference, I think, for me, because otherwise it's like, oh, God, okay, you're going to shove Ephesians down my neck again. You're going to shove Corinthians at me. You're going to tell me that I've got to be this submissive, quiet, never going to happen in this lifetime wife and you know looking at Quincy and I and and having Rita go back and forth with us I am so opposite of what would be considered the quiet submissive wife but yet I do submit to you well that's why I say some of those things are some of those things are twisted in a dogmatic sort mm-hmm. of way um, but it's people doing what they've seen done. They want to be in the will of God, so to speak. Um, but I can show them a better way. And it can be based biblically. And uh, it's, it's pretty, it's just simple. I just look at it this way. I'm not, I'm not looking for anybody to tell me whether it's right or wrong. I'm looking for what you and I believe is right. Yeah. What is. works for us, it works for us. If it doesn't work for you, great. It doesn't work for you, but... Um, it has been huge game changer for us. It has made a major difference in not only our marriage, but in ourselves, how we raise our kids. Hearing your kids say, I want a marriage like yours, or I want someone like dad because of the way that he takes care of you. Yep. You know, having a teenage boy who never had structure like this come in, and the first thing he realizes is that the mom isn't to be walked over, the mom is to be respected. Mm-hmm. And there's a man that's proving that. Mm-hmm. It it makes a huge difference, huge difference. Yeah, 
It does. It it really does. And um, you got to eat the meat and spit out the bones. That's another buzzword. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's another buzz phrase. And obviously, Jeannie's got some uh, triggers, so to speak, when it comes to organized religion that she's just not a fan of. And I can understand because I'm not a fan either. I I maintain my faith in Jesus Christ, which is cool. I don't I don't beat the drum on this podcast. Um, but I, we can relate if you, if you've had some issues and I don't blame God or Jesus, you know, it's a, it's a bunch people of are people. It's their fault. Not yeah. Theirs. It's people. And it, that comes across any industry in the world, not mm-hmm. just religion that, that, that goes through all kinds of industry, you know, so it's not particular to one thing. Um, so with that being said, <laughs> we kind of got off on a tangent there for a minute. My bad. No, it's good. I'm glad you shared that. I think uh, it's important. It's important to say what's on your heart. This is just as much your podcast as it is mine, so speak your mind. We already have the E for explicit thanks to you and your potty mouth. going to do a show one day on why I don't cuss. It'll be a short show. Are you going to do one on when you like me to cuss? I could do that, too. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'd be exposing myself. Uh-huh. It's acceptable at some times. There are some times where it's hot mm-hmm. and sometimes where it's not. Um, anyway, I don't know a really good place to cut this show off. Where the F word comes in handy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just exposed me. Just kidding. All right, guys. That is it. Buzzwords, trigger phrases, all the like. I really love this show i haven't listened back to it yet but i love it for what it is and i know it is helping you how can we help you develop that with your wife let us know right now remember the email address quincy moran at gmail.com quincy q-u-i-n-c-y-m-o-r-a-n at gmail.com until we get this man versus marriage email figured out which i hope to be soon i am the it department I'm not going to bother my producer with that. So we'll get it figured out. Anyway, I am the Q dog. She is Jeannie Moran, my wife, and this is Man vs. Marriage. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? You got to live on purpose for a purpose. It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Mary, the podcast.